It's true. Heaven sees clearly. Heaven sees clearly. There's no distractions. Their perspective is clear. They see clearly. And they see a lamb on a throne. And their response is worship and adoration. Oh, Lord, would you give us, God, clear perspective, Jesus. Holy Spirit, give us a revelation, God. Show us the throne, God, that our response daily would be worship. Man, we need a revelation of the cross of Jesus Christ. It's not a day of mourning. It's not a day of sadness. It's not a day of tears and sadness. It's the day of our Lord. It's the day of our King. It's the day of our Redeemer. It's the day of our Saviour. Hallelujah. And because it's His day, it's our day also. Amen. God is amazing, yeah? Jesus is so beautiful. And I've been thinking about victory because it's a day of victory. Like, it is the greatest day of victory. It's the ultimate good versus evil, dark versus light. Like, this is it. I want to tell you that there is no greater moment in human history than Jesus Christ crucified. There's no more significant day in the existence of mankind than Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And we need, we as the people of God, as the body of Christ, we need a revelation, a deep revelation of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. It should evoke in us something like like an explosion and an eruption where we hear it and we celebrate and we jump to joy. That's what should happen when we truly understand what it was for Jesus to die on a cross for us. And if you're here for the first time, my prayer is that you would know that by the time you leave or you would take one step closer, just one step closer to that truth, to that reality. Hallelujah. You see, there's been many great significant battles and wars throughout history. Many, many famous battles. In 1789, there was a French Revolution, which is widely considered to be one of the most important political events in human history. In 1529, the Ottoman Empire, almost at their peak, was attempting to take Vienna, the city in Austria. And it says that there was 200,000 Turks that descended upon those shores of Vienna and 20,000 Austrians held them back. See, it's significant because if the Turks, if the Ottoman Empire prevailed and went through, it means it would have meant that Islam would have spread throughout Central and Western Europe. It was a significant battle. It was a significant day. It was a significant victory to those people. You see, if the Turks had gotten through, they would have taken their women, their children, They would have been raped, they would have been pillaged, they would have been slaves, and the men would have been slaughtered. And Islam would have then went throughout Central and Western Europe. Hey, life would look very different today if those 20,000 brave Austrians didn't fight. Hallelujah. It was a significant victory. In 1942 and 43, was was, was the Russian victory at Stalingrad. 
where the Russians withstood the Nazis' advance, in, uh, which withstood, sorry, let me start that again, my goodness. I need some victory right now. 1942-43 was when the Russians um, withstood the Nazis at Stalingrad. They say this was the turning point in World War II. Because if the, if the Germans, if the Nazis had gotten through, my goodness, again, life would look very different right now. In 1945, there was the atomic bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, which effectively ended the war in the Pacific. Again, I mean, I'm not condoning those atomic bombs. I'm going to stop there. In 1781, there was the Battle of Yorktown, which was a climax of the American Revolution, which directly led to the independence of the United States of America. And historians call this moment the most influential battle in history. There's been some amazing, important, significant battles, some wars won for freedom, but nothing compares, nothing compares to the battle, to the victory of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. <clears throat> you see, it was in His death we're really good at celebrating the empty tomb, but I'm telling you, we need to celebrate the death. Heaven was not caught off guard by his death. Heaven was not mourning for his death, let me tell you. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that. Again, his, that, that victory of Jesus on the cross is more significant than any battle put together. Yeah? It's where sin was de dealt with, sorry. Where sin and death were dealt with, hallelujah. Again, we need a revelation of the cross. And it's beautiful, I'm telling you, man, if you would just turn your heart to God and say, oh, Lord, Holy Spirit, would you reveal to me? Would you give me a revelation of the cross of Jesus Christ? Would you give me a revelation of His death? I'm telling you, man, in that turning to Him, He will reveal it to you. And all we want is just to take one step closer. One step closer, amen? Colossians 2, 11 to 19 says this, In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, hallelujah, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead, praise the Lord. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made alive together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses, my goodness. We've been made alive together with Him and all our sins, all our trespasses have been forgiven. Praise the Lord. Someone say amen. That's good news, man. Having wiped out all the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Someone say nailed it to the cross. Having disarmed principalities and powers, He made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them, you know. On the cross, man, he made a public spectacle. It was on the cross. It was not in the empty tomb. Hey, that was significant. I'm not taking anything away from it, please. But on the cross is where he made a public spectacle of it, where he nailed it to the cross. You see, the enemy in the world thought, ah, oh, we got him. He's done. He's been assassinated. He's been executed. But I'm telling you, man, when he breathed his last breath, before that he said, it is finished. It's paid in full. 
and he breathed his last breath. I'm telling you, heaven celebrated. There was an eruption in the throne. There was an eruption. The father celebrated and said, look at my son. Look what he's done. There was no mourning. There were no tears when he died on the cross. Hallelujah, man. The reason we can declare that we are more than conquerors is because of the cross. The reason we can stand in freedom is because of the cross. The reason we can have a relationship with the Father is because of the cross. The reason we can be filled with the Spirit of God is because of the cross. The reason we can receive healing is because of the cross. The reason we see demons flee at the name of Jesus is because of the cross. The, we, the, reason, we, the, reason, the reason we can receive eternal life is because of the cross of Jesus life, uh, Christ. Well, the Bible says that this is eternal life, knowing Him. Eternal life isn't a destination. It's not this, I go to heaven. No, eternal life is now, is knowing Him, is knowing the Father. And the only way you can know the Father is through Jesus Christ, is believing in that sacrifice because my goodness, there's victory. There's so much power. Paul says that, that the very power of God unto salvation is Jesus Christ that He crucified. Paul says this, if you don't know, Paul wrote most of the New Testament, amazing man of God. And he says this, 1 Corinthians, sorry, before that he says, I determined to know nothing else among you except Jesus Christ crucified, my goodness. 1 Corinthians 2.1, when I came to you brothers, I did not come to you with eloquence of speech or human wisdom, declaring the testimonies of God. For I declare to know nothing except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I mean, you need to stop there and listen. You, you need to really break that down and understand who this person was making this outrageous statement. And you have to understand and you have to listen to his words to actually grasp what he's actually saying. Let me go again. For when I came to you, brothers, I did not come to you with eloquence of speech or human wisdom, declaring the testimonies of God. For I determined to know nothing except Christ, Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I haven't come to you to impress you with my speech, to woo you with the eloquence of my words. I haven't come to you to impress you with my wisdom. I haven't even come to you to declare to you the testimonies of God. What does that mean? This is a direct reference to the Ark of the Test, the Ark of the Covenant. It's also known as the Ark of the, the Ark of the Testimonies. And inside this gold box were the Ten Commandments, the jar of manna, and Aaron's buttered rod. And Paul's saying, "Man, I did not come to you to declare the testimonies of God. I have not come to you to declare." To, to remind you to, show, to, to remind you about, hey, when, when, Aaron, when Moses told Aaron to throw down his staff and it became a snake and ate Pharaoh's snakes up, you know what I mean? Hey, that was great. That's a great victory. But I, I, man, there's something greater than that. I've not come to tell you about the provision of God with, with, with the manna from heaven. Amazing, man. Supernatural provision from God. Hey, I have, uh, that's great, but there's something even greater. There's a greater provision. 
I've not come to you to tell you, hey, you remember when Moses split the sea, my goodness, and you were delivered from, from Egypt. Hey, that's amazing. It's phenomenal, man. That's great. But I've come to tell you there's something even greater. There's greater deliverance. There's greater victory than that. I've not come to remind you about the Ten Commandments, that beautiful moment where on that mountain, God with his finger wrote on, on two tablets of stone. Hey, there's a greater word I've come to tell you. And it's Jesus Christ and it's him crucified. He says, I determined to know nothing else. Nothing else except Christ and him crucified. May we have a revelation that Paul had. Galatians 6.14, but far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. May we boast in nothing else. Hey, it's okay to boast, but boast in the cross of Jesus Christ. Boast in Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Don't boast in your wealth. Don't boast in your success. It's all fragile, futile, all fall away. Boast in the cross of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Come on, someone say amen. 1 Corinthians 1.18 For the message of the cross is foolishness to the world, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. Man, it is the power of God unto salvation. For anyone that believes, such good news. All you need to do is believe. It, it sounds outlandish that all I need to do is to take hold of that cross, the power of all, all that I've been talking about, the victory, the power. All I need to do is believe. All we have to do is believe. Anyone that believes, anyone, everyone, if you would just believe. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God. Someone say power. Come on, say it loud, a power. Yeah. I am not ashamed of the, of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. We needed saving and it required a great power, man. And that power was the cross of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, and we've been saved. Come on. This is where we receive forgiveness, mercy, grace, inheritance, love. This is where we receive sonship, identity. This is where we hear loud and clear, I love you. It was for you. You are my one and only. I died for you. I love you. I've heard it said the cross is not meant to highlight our sin. We shouldn't be looking to the cross and saying, oh, what a filthy sinner I was, even though that's true. The cross is supposed to highlight our value, our worth. His life for ours. The Bible says that He made Him who knew no sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. The Father declares that you are my righteousness. And hallelujah, it was taken hold of where? On the cross of Jesus Christ. Oh God, give us a revelation of that power, Lord.
again, it was on the cross where Jesus declared, it is finished, it is paid in full. It was on the cross where the veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom. Hallelujah, man. It was on the cross where the veil tore from top to bottom. Come on, I know there's people that, that don't understand that, but to those that do, come on, man. It was on the cross where the veil was torn from top to bottom. The significance is monumental, it's incredible. It means now I can come close to God. Hebrews says, now confidently, boldly, I can enter the throne room because of the blood of Jesus. Relationship with God is not possible without Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I've got here, and I've repeated this, but I'm going to do it again just for the sake of my notes. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that heaven mourned or the Father cried. We say that sometimes. It's not biblical. Maybe, I don't know if it did happen, I'm not sure. But I'm just saying it. it's not in the Bible. And the reason why I actually believe that, that heaven did not cry, that the Father didn't cry, is because they knew exactly what was happening. They weren't, they weren't caught by surprise. See, those around him, his mother, his disciples, his brothers and sisters and all those that followed him, those that were there at the cross would have mourned and cried because they didn't fully grasp and understand what it meant for Jesus to die. It was for them, it was a, it was a mourning. Oh no, look what we've lost. But you see, what they lost is, it's like the father said, man, if only you could see what I've just gained. Heaven was not caught by surprise. The Bible says that before the foundation of the world, Christ was crucified. This was no shock to them. Jesus saying, yes, I will go. And then carrying the cross was no shock to them. Jesus dying was no shock to them. When He took His last breath, they celebrated. Man, heaven celebrated. Again, man, we need a revelation of the cross. Someone say amen. Say, I need a revelation of the cross. And the question is, why did he have to die on a cross? And I want to answer you and say, because it's the best, the best possible way for us to receive salvation. His death on a cross was the best way we could receive salvation. There's no greater way, there's no greater plan for us to receive salvation than by the cross of Jesus Christ, by, by, from His suffering and His death on the cross. Because if Jesus came and He said, hey, I'm going to show you, look, follow me. I'm going to show you how to be a good person. I'm going to teach you, like, do what I'm doing and, uh, and, and follow my commandments, follow my words, and by this you'll enter eternal life and have, you know, receive eternal life and be saved from sin and death. Hey, that's great. Awesome, we take that too, for sure. We ain't going to reject that. But by dying on the cross, He taught us that it was worth it in the eyes of the Father to give my life in exchange for yours. I don't know, if, did, did you hear that? His death on a cross meant the Father is saying, I see you are worth it. You are worth it. John 7, 17, 23, Jesus says, Father, may they know that you love me. Sorry, may they know that you love them the same way you have loved me. 
Father, may they know that the same way you loved me, you love them. This means that the salvation of man in the eyes of God is, is, is of the same value as the life of God. He was willing to exchange the life of Jesus for the salvation of man. Man, that is... He says, you are worth it. You are worth it. You are worth it. You are worth it. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you so much that I'm willing to give my son in exchange for you. If Jesus had not died in this way, we would never understand just how much he loved us. You understand that? That if he did not die in that way, we would never truly understand our value, our worth, and most importantly, how much the Father loves us. We are loved. It's all for you. It's all for you. It's all for you. He did it for you. Now, as I begin to wrap up, I'm going to ask everyone, stand up, please. 